0: Hello and welcome to You, Me and Economy. I'm Priya Darshini from Centre for Financial Accountability and today for the Earth Day Special Edition, we are in conversation with Comrade Nicholas from the Tamil Nadu Land Rights Federation and the Chair of Friends of Earth India. Today we have uh, Comrade Nicholas Chinnapal. He's an ideologue of the land rights movement in India and South Asia. An Ambedkarite based from Tamil Nadu, Nicholas has done extensive campaign efforts for the issue of Dalit land rights across the world. His active engagements include his work with the agricultural workers, Dalit women and fish workers in Tamil Nadu. He's a product of the Leneration Theology Movement of the Jesuit Priest and hail from a Catholic Dalit uh, village near Vilupuram. The Panchami land movement led by Dalit women of Tamil Nadu is a dream political initiative of Nicholas and the IR, uh, IRDS team. He's also the chairperson of Friends of Earth India. So welcome, Comrade uh, Nicholas. It's really uh, great to have you, and especially on the in the context of the Earth Day. And uh, we thought like land being a primary you know, question in this entire idea, So we wanted to have a conversation with you who has worked on the issue of land for a very long time. So to start with, uh, I want to ask you that land means different things to different people. Like it was a right, a resource, territory, culture, money. And it has also changed over the time, the significance of land, like how important it is. And it continues to be, in a lot of sense, a fundamental force in the lives of most people. So, how do you see the transformation and continuities in regard to land struggle from your experience? And also, has land lost its relevance? Like, do we, is it, uh, like, to put it very bluntly, is land still relevant? What do you think?
1: You see, I would like to start with a famous letter which all of you know. The letter which which was written by the indigenous community chief Seattle to the then president of the United States in the year 1854. It was at that time, the president of United States of America, who was Franklin Pierce, had wrote a letter to Seattle, whether it is possible for Seattle to sell 50,000 hectares of land to them so that they can set up industries the American government can set up industries on reading this letter Seattle just laughed and he reflected and he said who am I to sell the land because it is then he wrote a letter back which which was titled the man belongs to the earth the earth doesn't belong to the man In the earth, the humans and the nature are organically linked, supporting each other's cause. I think it is in this context we have to understand the issue of land. Because you see, land is everything for the common people in the villages where I live. Because it is food for them. It is employment. It is health. It is social equality and everything is linked to land. So it is in this context, whatever be the technical, technological growth or other things, land will remain a focal point of the human beings at all levels. That is what my feeling is. It is in this context, we really work with the Dalits and other marginalized communities, not to own land, but to ensure communities access to and control over lands and commons so that they have a dignified life and also address the issue of climate change, that which means re-establishing the organic link between the humans and nature. That is in this context, we, I see the issue of land.
0: Yeah, thank you, Comrade. Uh, I'm just uh, asking uh, a later question now because I think it is uh, connected to what you had just answered. So the fourth question... uh, I'm just asking it now if that is okay. So as you were saying that, you know, land is still fundamental and that it it is, it has a multiple dimensions for different people, that it means different things to different people and it continues to have that relevance today. But like... When and you talked, and especially uh, you talked about the Dalit, you know, assertion towards land and uh, community ownership of of land. I mean, not ownership, but uh, community using land. Relationships. It, uh, it is, yeah, the relationship kind of uh, continues, but in a time when increasingly land becomes uh, more of a commodity, and uh, how um, even the you know fight for commons itself has become you know, uh, a very tough fight. Like then how, and it is only the ownership, pattas and all of these coming into a play and land is completely something that is being sold or, you know, acquired. Then how do you see the role of commons or the, you know, people's use to the commons?
1: You see, in the present neoliberal economic context, in the present socioeconomic context, uh, political context. The only agenda of the state is to acquire the lands and commons and hand them over to the corporates to make profit. That is the only agenda. It is one of the reasons why land distribution is not happening anymore. You do not see whether it is the state government or central government taking initiatives to distribute land to the communities, but only to consolidate the land to be handed over to the corporates. So it is in this context, we see that land struggle of the marginalized communities is becoming a very strong and complicated issue. You see in this way, but at the same time, we have different legal opportunities to really keep the land under the control of the communities. For example, you have many number of land sealing acts. You have land sealing acts of the central government and there are more than 240 land sealing acts in different state governments, which legally ensures that the land should be distributed to the landless community, which are acquired from the huge landlords It has to be distributed. And even even today, we see in many places, the lands which were acquired under land sealing acts are being kept by the government without being distributed to the communities concerned. But we have legal rights. And secondly, you know that in parts of Tamil Nadu, many villages, we see the Bhutan movement had acquired lot of land and it was to be distributed but distribution was done here and there. Even these distributed land have been really grabbed back by the local landlords. In the same case with Panchami lands, 300,000 acres of Panchami lands are available in Tamil Nadu. Only 100, and presently only 1, forty thousand acres are available but all the other lands have been grabbed by the private people. So, in this context, to get land titles for the community is very, very difficult nowadays. That is one of the reasons why the people come together, they petition properly, they negotiate, and then they get frustrated after two, two, three, four years, and they say that no, 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 it is not possible to get land. Why should we really get involved? But it is in this context. What we suggest is you have a legal background to use the land sealing lands, to use the Bhutan lands, to use the Panchami lands. But and you have many number of court judgments which are also supporting the legal rights of these communities. In this context, what we are suggesting is let us not be really worried about that we are not getting titles. Why can't we really mobilize the communities to occupy and use the land? Because we do not want land titles. Land titles are needed only for people who look at land as a commodity. But the village people who are there, they want to use it for their daily needs, needs of their for the food, environment, housing, and all other things are also for all other purposes for medicine and other things. So let us why can't we really come together and start using the land? Because we have everything, because we are not uh, going against the law. We are with the law. We ourselves are imp- we have to implement that is what we see that the land issue has to be further taken. We are not people who are going to sell. It is with this concept we have to look at. Land rights, I
0: guess. Uh, That definitely, uh, at least for me, is a very uh, new perspective. And I think you have uh, talked about it uh, before also, in terms of the we don't need uh, titles, but land is there for use. And the way you look at land is very uh, different. So this question might come as a different kind of uh, away from what uh, you, will, how you look at land. But I just wanted to ask you uh, about your thoughts on the land acquisition law. There are so many amendments to it and has has these uh, laws in any way been useful to the local communities anywhere in the country?
1: This land acquisition act, act itself is against the communities and against the nature. And there may be many number of amendments. The amendments are linked to only fixing the prices and really getting the nod of the people or not whether they get the nod of the people or not they acquire only on the issue of fixing prices for the land there have been many number of amendments so that is what that is why very clearly mentioned that the agenda of the state is to consolidate the land grab the land and commons, and hand it over to the corporates in this context They will go to any extent to really grab the lands and commons from the people so that the corporates make profit out of it. In this context, practically, I really do not even do not like this land acquisition act and the really struggling over it. And we have to see what are the legal protection we have to use our land. At least in this direction we have to move. Yeah, otherwise we will be. You see, I had witnessed in many rallies. For example, against the rally to set up the salem Chennai Highway, shortcut highway, thousands of acres of land were acquired and all natural forests and mountains were acquired, and there were a lot of people. And we have we saw many people in the villages in Chingalpat, uh, district Ruanamalai, Tarug, Harur, and Salem coming together to press, uh, protest against this. But you see, during negotiations what happened was when some few people felt that the price offered is very good for them, they just opted out. So we have to really, dip, when you really push forward the land struggle, you have to really mobilize those who are linked to the land, who feel that land cannot be really differentiated from their daily life. So, it is these people, you have to move and you have to look at all this kind of, this anti-people's uh, laws. That is what my feeling is. No. So,
0: so, when you talk about the use for land, and as you were uh, saying that right now, it is just about... Uh, the government is using all of these land acquisition laws to kind of uh, give the land to the corporates. So, uh, and we see that uh, off late, like there, uh, what the government sees uh, as a use for land is, uh, is basically a lot of renewable uh, projects, like whether it is solar or wind projects. And in that kind of a transition, how do you see if that is a just transition? Because there also land is a primary thing. It is more than the technology shift or anything. It is about acquiring land. And um, moreover, like at one point when we had the, yeah, you know, <clears throat> the, the struggle in um, West Bengal against the SEZ, it, that time it was like fertile lands was acquired. And, and in many places land struggle, People have raised this question that um, why are you taking up fertile lands for uh, you know all of these projects? But right now uh, they say we do not need fertile land. So the agenda is almost like uh, establishing that the land are actually not fertile. So how um, because to put a solar uh, uh, you know project there or a windmill there, you don't really need the land to be fertile. So now it uh, do you how do you see this transition? Like, um, again, looking at uh, land being the focus in this uh, you know, or transition towards a renewable energy and how do you look at that, whether it is just or?
1: You see, who are we to really categorize the land, uh, different? how do you call that it is fertile land? What do you mean by fertile land? You see, land is not just for one year uh, growing irrigated paddy and other. Land is meant for all the needs. You see, you cannot say that it is a wasteland. The very term using waste which is linked to land is something nonsense, that is what I feel. You see, land has different use values, land is being used. You see, you cannot say that this is wasteland, this is uh, fertile land. You see, for each category of land, there are usages and only the local people know how it is being used just to graze just to let their animals go and graze and take rest and uh, you see even the land they they will plant trees they will build houses you see land has different dimensions and for example if you hand over 1000 acres of land to a oh, uh, one particular company, you see it will be displacing many thousands of families who are dependent on that land. You may call that it is land. You see, maybe it is. it will be used as a place to really save underground water because only on top you will see that it is waste land, but there will be a lot of uh, water storage beneath that land under this land. So, what uh, the land has different dimensions and uh, in this context, you cannot really displace and make the communities refugees in their own areas where they live and hand over this to a particular the name of Green Energy and uh, all this kind of they give very beautiful names. For example, they will destroy 3000 acres of uh, agriculture and grazing and other things in a plant set up uh, an industrial estate and they will call it industrial park. Park means oh god it's a beautiful place but we, we only know how this park has really destroyed the lives and livelihoods of thousands and thousands of families around that because they give beautiful names to really grab the lands and commons. So it is in this context, you have to really look at. In that case, you see, uh, my teachers are my, our own women, my elder women in the villages. It is not the university where I studied, which taught me all these things. It is they who are saying this kind of land is used for grazing and this is for agriculture. This is for rain fed crop and this is for playing. So this is for growth of trees and tree plantations. So we have to really listen to them to understand the usage of land and let us not say that the land is waste and other things. These are, I think, these kind of terminologies I really don't accept. Uh,
0: So just staying on the question on uh, energy and uh, land, how i mean you have said like what is happening is uh nonsensical and uh but how connecting the question of land and access to energy where uh do you think we are and do you think uh, everyone has an access to clean energy and if not how far uh, are we from ensuring that
1: you see when we talk about this. Uh... Clean energy and other things. We cannot blame the communities on that because the saram, now you have either drought or floods or earthquakes. So it is not the result of the community's linkages with their land. It is because of the unethical use of the lands and commons by the profit making companies. So in this way, you see, it is they who have really destroyed all this uh, polluting uh, sort of energy producer, uh, producing and other things. And now they come and say that we have, who are we, we are, we have not destroyed. It is they who destroyed. And by now they come and talk to us saying that they, we need clean, uh, the green energy and other things. So in this context, Lord, let, let us leave the issue of land to the communities which are linked to that particular area of land to decide about any sort of energy if they want to really produce energy in their own village let them do it at a smaller level they let them use it in their own villages let the communities decide about that because it is our need now because we are running short of energy especially green energy and let us have collectively come together and start doing something So, let us leave it to the communities, why should one particular company produce and distribute it to all the villages. Let the village people decide where they can really produce this and use them for their daily needs. So, it is in this direction we have to really look at this green energy and initiatives and handing over thousands and thousands of hectares of land to these private companies.
0: Just to uh, kind of provoke you on that, when you say um, leave it to the communities and they can decide uh, what kind of energy uh, use or how they want to do it, but when you and uh, look at uh, you know, do you think like they have the expertise to do that or do they understand things? Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm just asking like when um, whether they are able, like because most of the places you also see that when left to people, whether they have the expertise to kind of uh, understand what it is.
1: You see, it is not the case as it was earlier. In many villages, you have educated people, educated young people, who can really work on this. And they collectively can come together with their educational background, with their educational expertise, and they can start doing it. We cannot say that the There are no people in the villages to decide about that and work on that. And let us really encourage this kind of collectives at the village levels. So that let the collectives start doing it and we have a lot of educated people in the villages. And you see, for the last two years, during COVID, many of them have returned back. And with the growth of tech, with the technological growth, that there is going to be less and less employment in the production sector in big companies. And let them start their own initiatives in their own villages with their educational background. They have this kind of expertise to do really that. Let us encourage that kind of young people to start on a small level collectively which will also address their own needs and needs of the communities around. So why can't we go for that kind of small level work? That is what my concern is. Why should only big company produce all these things?
0: Thank you, comrade. Uh, You had earlier mentioned uh, how it is the women uh, who had actually taught you uh, most of the things like elderly women in the villages. So um, going back to that, like because women have been in the forefront of land-based movements both for reclamation and displacement and are associated as uh, the protectors of land, forest, uh, ocean, etc. So this association of women with land and spe- especially natural resources, is it just a continuation of this metaphorical comparison of women and natural resource with the idea of fertility, and reproduction? Or is there any other way in which this association and leadership can be seen?
1: You see, that doesn't mean that uh, the women are being involved in the land struggles, so that the men will benefit out of it. You see, as far as I know, in the villages, the women are more linked to the land, whether they are in the houses, in the surrounding, of their houses, small houses. We will see small vegetable gardens. They will be growing trees. They will make the children to play under the trees. You see, their linkages with the land is really very close. And you see, historically, from the Pajami land struggle, I I found out that in the old Madras Presidency, 1.2 million acres of land were distributed to the Dalits and many and very small number of women were distributed land. In the case of Tamil Nadu, there are 300,000 acres of land, but still 40,000 acres of land are available with the Dalits. The land, Panchimi land, which were distributed to the women during the British are still with the Dalit community. Which means, you see, Professor Tangaraj in, in his study on Panchimiland, land, very well pointed out, those women who received the land, Panchimi land, from the British government, did not sell the land. They had the land for themselves and they made it possible for their children to really study and find employment and have a decent life so they really used. So that is, I think, maybe that is one of the reasons why we call Mother India, Mother Land, and all this kind of thing, because their linkages with the land is very much, uh, very strong. I have, uh, they, it will be very difficult to really separate them from the land. You see, all the women who land are really do using it very well and also using for the future uh, generations in their respective villages. That is what in this this context, we feel that the women are really linked more to the land than the men. That is my
0: feeling. Uh, Is there, I mean, just uh, this is uh, not there, but I I just wanted to know, like when you say like women are more linked to... uh the land uh, than men, is that Do you also see that there is a change in the nature of leadership when the movement is led by women rather than men. I mean, from your experience, have you seen uh, any kind of changes and what are they? No, I just can't
1: understand. Yes. What is is the question?
0: Uh, No, uh, this is not there in the list, but I was just uh, curious to know when you say like women are more linked uh, to land and... Uh, that is also the reason why they are, uh, at least from the Panjami land struggle, how they have uh, led. Have you seen any difference in women leadership uh, than man, um, uh, men leading struggles?
1: You see. And is I'm this so...
0: link kind of, um, you know, that this link that they have with the land kind of make them even more force, forceful leaders? Like, How do you see that uh, difference?
1: You see, when it comes to women leadership, you see in a particular village, there are 50 acres of Pachimi land and 100 Dalit landless women had petitioned for this land. And they, with the documentary evidences and they start filing petitions and negotiations. You see, they will go ahead with that. They will not compromise. You see, in few villages, we went, when in the beginning when we used to make the men to hand over petitions to reclaim Panchimi land, and in 12, 6, uh, 7 months later, they will not be very active because the landowner who is there, who is using that land, will somehow compromise this man and maybe in the evenings in the Iraq shops and the in other places, and slowly it will Uh, they will say, no, 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 this fellow was using it for uh, more than 10 years, 20 years, no, let this, uh, we do not want this land back. So this kind of attitude is there. But it is very difficult to compromise the women on this issue. Once they decide that it is linked to their community, they will go ahead. you see, even for the struggles, land struggles, If if it is only one thousand one hundred women who have petitioned for land, when you go for negotiations, you will see more than 200 women there. Even other women will come together with them for the negotiations, for the demonstrations. So you see, that kind of thing is there. These are all things which I had noticed in in the course of the land struggles, which we are also part of it. So it is how I I come to this kind of conclusions. Yeah.
0: Earth Day and uh, the movements around it from an environmental uh, protection and environmental justice uh, framework. And as someone who has been part of the land rights movement, how do you see this missing of land rights narrative within the Earth Day politics?
1: You see, when we uh, from the beginning I said that. You see, we have to understand the earth as something which is linked to the humans and nature. You see, in this direction, we have to really think about how we will really re-establish the organic link between the nature and humans. So It is in this direction we have to see. And uh, you see, we should not really limit ourselves only to that we have to develop green energy and other things. So we have to insist on communities' access to and control over commons and lands. Ensure that, let the community decide about whatever they want to do in their way. This is how we can really re-establish the organic way. It is not through suggesting alternative models which we think is right. Let us hand over this access and control work to the communities and listen to them what they really want to use. So it is in this direction we have to move to really, if we see that there is a need to really strengthen the organic link between humans and nature, So it is in this direction we have to move. That is what my feelings.
0: Thank you, Comrade. And uh, as you were talking about um earlier when uh, on the how lands uh, whether land uh, has changed its uh, you know value or uh, something and specifically with relation to the dalit uh, rights like you had mentioned earlier so i just wanted to ask you once again like dalit land rights has a fundamental has had a fundamental impact on the politics and political economy of this country no doubt but do you think it still holds value today Like even within uh, the Dalit movements, the emphasis have been on education, economic and political power. Like when land itself seems to become a commodity or a burden than a resource, like uh, what does land mean for Dalits?
1: You see, I would like to share my background. My father was a bonded laborer. He was a bonded laborer from the age of 10 to the age of 26, 16 years When he was 10 years old, when he was doing 5th standard, both his father and mother died in the same month due to plague at that time. Because it is a story which I derived from my father and from my aunts. So after that, he had two younger sisters and two elder sisters who were very young, he himself was 10 years old. The youngest sister he had was. She was just four years old. So all of them, they go up for ten, and the two elder sisters decided to work under a big landlord's family as bonded laborers, so that they can at least feed themselves and also feed the their younger. It is how he he was. He lived a bonded laborer, and he got married two of his elder daughters while he was a bonded laborer. And finally, he got married at the age of 26. We happened to be Christians. So during Christian marriage, you have to sign the marriage marriage register in the parish church. So the parish priest who was a French priest at that time in my parish had brought a register and he brought a stamp pad with that because usually he was very sure. That the Dalits are illiterates. So only to have thumb impression, they used to bring. So when he brought thump this pad and he saw and he wanted my father to have thumb impression, my mother also. My mother did it. And my father, when he said that, he said that I can sign. He was shocked. He said, How, how come I studied a fifth standard? When I was studying French, standard, I became a Bonnet. The French priest was shocked. And after one day, one month of his marriage, the French priest put him in the British army. So my father became an army man after his marriage because of this incident, because the French priest was very shocked. And you see, the only thing my father did was two things to buy land for our family when he joined the military. And he bought land. And my my mother was cultivating the land with her relatives. The second thing what he did was to educate us, all of us. My elder sister was the first to go to the convent school in Verlo. And my brother was the first university graduate from my the literature. It, naturally, we all studied. You see, unfortunately, I studied in a government school. My brother studied in a convent. Since I studied in a government high school, whenever my father was on holidays, he used to share his ideas. My He did not have an opportunity to really share with my brother because he was in the boarding school. So I had the opportunity. So one day I know the story of my father. He used to tell me how he suffered a lot as a bonded labourer. And it was one of the reasons why he preferred that we should get educated and we should have land. I asked why land? He said, land is everything. It is because those who have land make their children to study. They make their children to find employment, alternative employment. So it is, you have to really have land which is basis for all other needs like education and other things. I had seen many villages in the surrounding areas where I live. Wherever the Dalits own pieces of land, it is in this village you will have hundreds of graduates, engineers. So land becomes not only food employment, it also becomes basis for education and based on this education, you can also start local employment opportunities. For example, you can really form cooperatives of the young people in the villages and they can start sharing organic products and the traditional food with others. So there are a lot of other employment opportunities you can really set up this green energy and all these things in the villages so there only if you have land you will have i will have money but i will not have a piece of land to start something so so i cannot only concentrate on just education and um, supporting uh, entrepreneurial activities under scheduled class and scheduled tribes plan but let us use these things from our own land around and the commons around. For example, I see a group of young people for the last two years all have taken the lease, lease of their legs and they are growing fish. All of them are educated on land and they have fish culture and they sell it now, The traditional fish, not this uh, fish which is grown with this. Um, uh, chemicals and other things. See, in two villages. So, when you have land and the access to land and commons, you can plan many other activities. That doesn't mean that I'm against all these things, but at the same time, the basis for all the development of that there is land. So, it is, you see, even my, I, I have, even still we continue with the with the agricultural activities in our villages, my wife and myself. We are still farmers. We are constantly, even our children are, during holidays, they are helping us in farming because we feel that we produce our own food, organic farming we are doing. And which is attracting many other people and they are also really starting to promote in our respective villages. So it is in this day you have to look at land and you cannot say no, 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 land is, not something it is uh, you cannot uh, dirty your clothes and other things. If you really think in that term, I think you cannot think about dignified life in future. That is what my feeling is. Uh,
0: thank you, Comrade. Uh, just I, I think you have told uh, enough <laughs> and uh, very categorically on your messages. Uh, but still, I would uh, like to ask this as my final question: As what would be your uh, message for Earth Day for those listening in today, and how do you see the future of land rights, m- land rights movements, or for that matter, movements for natural resources? And I'm asking it in a context where, uh, as you have also mentioned, rap- rampant corporatization and everything and all resources are seen as commodity uh, to be, uh, you know, bundled off and sold to the corporate. So in that includes land, that includes forest, oceans, every commons, all of it. So in this context, how do you see the future of these movements?
1: You say land has become a ba- basic issue for all the communities now. As I have explained to you earlier, I think you see, not only the Dalits, the indigenous communities, the fish, fisher, coastal communities, small and marginal farmers, urban slum dwellers. You see, every day you see news of evictions of the communities for different purposes. So, first we thought that only the indigenous communities are becoming refugees in their own land, the Dalits are only the farmers are becoming, you see now everyone is becoming refugees in their own land, eviction has become a kind of common issue for all the communities in this context. If we are really serious about protecting the earth, I think there is a need for strengthening of. The united and solidarity actions among all sections of the evicted community. There is a need to really bring together so that they can collectively can have access to and control our comments in the respective regions. It is in this direction we have to really look at the and we have to work more we should not work sectorally in different areas there is a need to really bring together all the communities who are really struggling to root themselves with the year so that in future i think we will address all other issues including the issue of climate change can be addressed. That is what united struggle. Yes.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much, uh Comrade. Yeah, I think we are done. Okay. So thank you so much, thank Comrade. You, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.